real estate agents, do you want to learn how to make the transition from being a real estate agent to being a real estate investor? He's done that and can show you how he has built up a massive rental portfolio that provides him with enough passive income to live his life and has two other streams of income from real estate investing. He's got over three decades of experience doing this. Welcome to the show, Mike Wolf. Welcome to the Hyper Fast Show, where we believe unlimited growth in business and life is created by surrounding yourself with people who have been where you are going. Learning from others allows you to compress time and grow hyper fast. And now, here are your hosts, Kerry Shaw and Dan Lesniak. Kerry and Dan are real estate developers, best-selling authors, billion-dollar agents, and million-dollar agent makers. And now, get ready to grow hyper fast. All right, welcome to the show today, Mike. How are you doing? I'm great. Good to ha- good to uh, be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to connect with you and, and have you share your story of the transition from realtor to real estate investor because there's some big differences there. Uh, but first, where where are you calling in from today? Uh, right now, I'm in, I'm in Cabo, Mexico, where I am hanging out for the uh, winter. I'm, I'm actually from Canada. Do all my investing in the U.S., but hanging out in Mexico, so it's really kind of uh, complicated. But I just uh, I just got back down here uh, a couple of days ago and uh, enjoying the heat for sure. Well, good for you. I've always I've always thought, you know, the the perfect life involves multiple different places to live because different times of the year, certain places are you know scratch different itches and and, and uh, especially if you're Canadian, then uh, even more so than most people. That's for sure. Well, I'm I'm down in uh, South Florida, and and there's actually uh, I'm near Pompano Beach, but that particular area tends to get a lot of people from Montreal. So, yeah, uh, you do get a lot. A lot. Um, I'm on the I'm more on the west side, so we tend to go to Phoenix. But uh, I'm very familiar with South Florida and love it. You're in a really good spot. Cool. Well, give give people uh, who are listening today a little bit of your background and and how you made that transition from realtor to real estate investor? Yeah, well, if we go way, way, way back to when I was in uh, grade 12, a long time ago, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And my parents were always saying, you know, you doctor, lawyer, doctor, lawyer, doctor, lawyer. And I'm terrified of blood. So doctor was off the table. So I decided to go get my first degree. And when I got that degree, it also came with a whole bunch of student loans and decided, okay, well, before I go get back and get another degree, I got to get this stuff paid off. And so to make a long story short, got a job at the phone company, which back then was government owned. It was uh, unionized, paid really, really well. And while I was there, I actually bought my bought my first property uh, to live in. And then my mortgage broker calls me up and says, hey, Mike, you're making good money and your credit's really good. If you want, I could probably get you another mortgage if you want to buy another home. And I go, why do I want another home? And then he goes, well, you, you know, you buy it, you put a tenant in there uh, and they pay your, your mortgage payment and you get to keep whatever's left over. And, you know, 25 years down the road, this thing is paid off and that's your retirement. And I go, that kind of makes sense. So did that. A couple of years after I bought that property, the market took off where I was living. And all of a sudden I was sitting on all this equity that I never thought I'd see in a zillion years. So I did what any crazy kid would do in their mid twenties and uh, immediately quit my job, told my parents, you know, I'm not living your dream. I don't want to be a lawyer. I've, I've discovered real estate investing and, uh, 
the, I would like to say the rest was history, but after that, you know, after I quit the job, I realized, hey, I don't qualify for a mortgage anymore. And uh, a lot of things changed. And I also realized, hey, well, I got really lucky on that first deal. I don't know how I duplicate that. And how do I get my next paycheck? And so I actually bought another property, managed to lose a lot of what I had made on that next property and couldn't tell my parents that they were right. My parents were saying, oh, you should go get your next degree and have something to fall back on. I couldn't tell them they were right. So I, I basically hired a mentor, got them to team up with me on my next deal. So it was successful. But in the meantime, I was thinking, well, if I'm going to be buying a bunch of properties, I might as well get my real estate license too. And so I did that. And, uh, you know, I kept I kept that for for a little bit, and then I realized, well, the best deals aren't on the MLS. The best deals are usually private deals. And I also realized, hey, I'm making a lot more money. Like I was doing quite well as a realtor because I happen to know a lot of people. I was very well connected, so I was doing pretty good with that. Uh, but I was having way more fun on the investment side, and so I eventually gave up my license. And now I really recommend. I speak to a lot of realtor groups, for example, and I really recommend that at the very least you have at least some basic skills around investing. Because if you're going on a listing appointment, I, I, had, I had one of my uh, friends in, in uh, Los Angeles not too long ago, and he had a potential listing that he would have made $20,000 on. Instead, he bought it, flipped it, uh, using none of his own money, by the way, which is some of the stuff that I teach people how to do. But he bought it, flipped it, and made uh, like around 110000 instead of 20000 So number one, if you have some of the... Uh, you know, training to be an investor, it's going to give you more tools, more opportunities, and more ability to help people. This was a great win-win. He made more money, but he also was able to help his client because they just needed an immediate, they just want to get rid of that property like ASAP. They don't want to list it. They don't want people walking through it. They just want to get rid of it. So it's a great win-win. But number two, if you can speak the language of investors and you're a realtor, you can also attract investors who want to work with you. And the great thing about getting, you know, especially if you get a successful investor, is they'll do dozens of transactions in a year. If you, if you sell a, whole, a personal residence to somebody, they're going to move in. You might hear from them seven years later if you do a good job you know, uh, keeping in touch with them. But you know, people don't move around a lot. And investors, uh, you know, if you can speak their language and, and connect with them, uh, you can do a lot of deals with just one or two investors. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a ton there we can unpack and, and, and really you know, pull, pull some good lessons and points out of, but first of all, let's, I mean, you completely dropped your real estate license. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, I, like I could, you didn't even want to keep it for referrals or this or that, or. Not really. Cause that was such a small, that was such a small piece of revenue. And, you know, as you know, when you, when you, when you have your real estate license, there's at least in those days, I don't know what it's like now. There's just a whole lot more paperwork when you're buying properties for yourself, even if it's a private deal, just a lot of disclosure. And it was actually just slowing me down. And uh, so, you know, I'm not saying everybody should give up their real estate license, but I can tell you that my, my buddy who did that 110K flip, he now, when he goes to a listing appointment, his first priority is to try to get a property to uh, purchase. And uh, his second priority, if he can't make a deal that works as an investor, then he puts on his realtor, uh, uh, you know, realtor hat and tries to, you know, get and he takes the listing. So, but his first priority now is going for is going for the property. And for me, you know, I, I could have definitely kept it referred, but to be honest, I was making so much money as an investor. Once I got the hang of it, it didn't start off that way. But once I got the hang of it and kind of uh, started to figure out some strategies that worked really well then it's like, okay, well, that's, that's like nickels and dimes compared to what I was making as an investor. 
Well, I like your buddy's example here of, you know, he could have made 20K in commission. Instead, as a flip, he made 110K. So over 5X the amount of, of profit in that situation. What would you say the time was? Like the time it took him to do that flip versus the time it would have taken him to have, you know, listed the home and sold it. Yeah, that, that one took him about four months and it would have actually gone faster, but he was just getting into this and he didn't really have his team set up yet. He didn't have his contractors and, and all that stuff lined up. As you get better and better at this and you have teams that you work with all the time, it becomes really automated where it's like, hey, we just bought this property. You know, the inspector, the inspector goes in, gives their list of repairs to the contractor and all these people work together on a regular basis. But when you're first building your team, it's going to take a little bit longer. You know, it probably would have sold uh, on the MLS pretty quickly. Southern California, the market is like crazy. So would have sold quicker, but I think to make an extra 90K, it's worth an extra few months. And so, but now he's gotten really good at it. He's got his, his teams on the ground. He's, uh, you know, uh, he does this stuff more regularly. And once, once you kind of get the hang of things, you've got the team, then stuff just, it, it's just like a, it's like an assembly line really it just happens really quick. Well, and certainly a quick flip, you know, a couple month flip to make five times the amount if you would have just listed it, like that's, that's gotta be less total hours of his own time than it would have been to go out and find five listings to have sold to have made the same amount of profit. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, taking five, taking five listings, then you also have the hassle when you're doing a flip, you're kind of your own boss. Uh, when you're taking a listing, you know, you, you sometimes so, some customers are really easy and other, as, as you know, and some, uh, some customers are a pain in the butt. You want to fire them. Uh, when you're doing a flip, you're pretty much your own boss. Although there, there is some stress if you're, you know, if your contractors aren't showing up, for example. But once you get a good team, you're not really your your only job is really to go find the deals. Your job isn't. Hopefully, you're not swinging the hammer and doing the work. This should become really, really passive. And so, uh, but like like anything else, it just takes a little bit of uh, you know you got to do the first couple, and every time you do another deal, it gets easier and easier. And after a while, it's like you know you can do this in your sleep. So to give you an idea, one of them, I have several different businesses. One of them is I sell turnkey properties in Atlanta. And so I've got teams that do all the work, everything from the acquisition to inspecting, to fixing, to managing. And then I have people that sell these properties for me literally around the globe. And all this happens while I'm, you know, normally when there's no COVID, I'm traveling full time and I'm, I'm very nomadic. And this all happens. We've sold oh, around 1,100 homes in the last eight years in Atlanta. And it's taken up almost none of my time. It's my money. It's my systems it's my teams but once you have that in place the rest of it can be very very automated and so that's one of the things that i love about investing but it doesn't start that way so i don't want people to think oh i'm going to quit my job as a realtor tomorrow i'm going to be an investor and everything's going to be like rosy there is some definitely some work involved but over time it just you know organically you know as you get better at it you are going to you know start to build and develop teams you're going to start to figure out some different systems to make stuff happen without you so they're not calling you all all day long saying hey what color carpet what color paint they're just doing it and they're fixing it and uh, it just happens behind the scenes while you're doing stuff that you love i think one of the the cool things too about this approach especially if you're a realtor is you can go into a seller and offer them multiple solutions too many real estate agents who don't put on this investor hat and whether it's because that's how they are or that's how they've been trained or how leaders in the industry can be at times, you know, they go in thinking list it for 
the max I can get the seller is the only solution. Well, not everybody wants that. Some of them don't want to fix their home up, don't want to stage it, don't want showings. And, you know, in that situation, listing it may not get them the result that they want. And it may take longer to get, right? So, so some people think just because you're buying the house that, you know, you're, you're, being like underhanded or, or, or something. And I, I think it's a matter of going in and saying like, you know, do you want to do this amount of work and sell it? And it'll take this long and you'll get this kind of money. Or would you rather me make you an offer now? It won't be as much, but um, it'll be quicker. You're not going to have to show it or do work. And, and a lot of people want that. Like they're just done with the house or they want to move on or they need the money fast. So and you have to remember, you know, as a, as an investor, our main goal is obviously to be profitable, make make a profit on every deal that we do. But on the other hand, you know, a seller, their main motivation might not be the money; it might be speed. Hey, maybe they've got to, you know, maybe they've got to get somewhere else because they're being transferred for a job, and you know, in some cases, their employer is paying the difference of you know whatever you know whatever they want. But but not everybody; their motivation is getting the maximum amount. Some of them like time; time is money for them, and so it's really important. And just uh, you're always going to do what's in the best interest of your client. You're never going to, you know, try to steer them in one direction. Like, like my buddy didn't steer them in that direction and say, oh, well, you know, you should do this. They wanted that. He, he gave them a list of options. We can list it. Uh, you can re repair it and, and list it and get even more, or I can just buy it right now as is. Uh, you're done. You can, we'll give you whatever possession day you want, no conditions. Uh, you're ready to roll. And for them, that was uh, the best solution. So you're always going to steer people in the right direction. You're not going to try to steal somebody's home. That's not the goal. But there's going to be a lot of times where having those extra tools in your tool belt when you go there, that's going to get you the deal. Whereas if a, if a realtor goes in and their only option is, hey, we can go on the MLS and that's it. Well, that's fine. That's that's a great tool. But if you can go there and say, hey, listen, I can, you know, I've got A, B, C, and D. Mm -hmm. These are four different options I've got for you. And I can, you know, make this happen for you right now. Gives you a big advantage over the other realtors that they're calling up. Mm -hmm. And especially if you can, if you're in a position where you can, you know, it's really a matter of giving the people what they need and what they want. And it's not always more money. And a lot of people think that, but I've gone to lots of uh, meetings where, you know, I said, hey, if you want, I've got friends that are realtors, we can list it for you, but here's how we can make this happen right now. And so quite often time, time is usually, especially if people are, uh, you know, what's coming down the road here with COVID, there's a lot of people are going to be in financial trouble and they're going to have a time limit because they're the banks are going to start uh you know foreclosing for example there's gonna be a lot of people in distress and for them time is money and they just need somebody to bail them out and also if you do it early enough you might be able to even save their credit and pretend you know potentially put them in another property so sometimes time is more important than the money sometimes the terms are more important so you've always got to find out what your what your client needs what's the best for them and then give them some options so what what um what does your portfolio look like today is it are you still more flips or have you moved to buy and holds like you know yeah, let, us, well, let us know a little bit about your portfolio and, and how yeah. you got there yeah well, I, own, I own quite a few properties i've been collecting them for 31 years now and so I, I live off the passive income that comes from my rental properties and i have other people collect the rent it's not me uh, none of my tenants have my phone number i don't deal with toilets leaking in the middle of the night none of that and so that's basically, I've got three revenue streams. My main one is my portfolio properties. If the other two, I shut them down, I'd still be fine because I can live off that. 
and like I said, I've been collecting for collecting, building up that inventory for quite some time. And you know, that's one of the things I like to teach people how to do because a lot of people just think, oh, well, you got to win the lottery to build this big portfolio. And it's really being strategic. You know, as you get properties, if you buy properly, uh, you know, that one property, you can eventually turn that into two, and two into four, and four into eight if you if you're strategic. So that's one revenue stream. My second revenue stream, and I, and I touched on it, is my turnkey properties. And that takes up none of my time also. I mean, it, it did at the beginning to build my teams, put the systems in place. Uh, you know, my money is working for me, but I'm not trading my time for that money anymore. And that runs pretty much without me. I'm, I'm not going to say it doesn't take up any of my time, but very, very little, especially relatively speaking, considering you sold 1,100 homes. Uh, my third revenue stream is I do trainings. And until COVID, I was doing like one one or two live events a year. And usually they're three or four days. I take people to Houston, Texas, for example, teach them how to do something called tax deeds. Uh, by the way, what that is, when people haven't paid their property tax <clears throat> in a bunch of years, eventually the county, uh, they need that money for their hospitals or you know, their schools or police department. So eventually they're going to put these homes up on the auction block. And I've had one of, you know, some of my students have picked up single family homes worth probably like 90 to 100,000. I've got them for, well, one of my students got one for 7,200 bucks. That was one, that was uh, small. Wow. <laughs> so, so I do trainings once or twice a year, but since COVID, uh, until actually a couple of days ago, I was hanging out in Canada. And when I first got back to Canada, like I'm used to, you know, being in airports and having, having to catch flights and all that. And for the first two weeks back in Canada, I was just like taking it easy and sleeping in every day going, Hey, this is kind of nice. And then I started to get calls for podcasts and summits and to be on, you know, all, all these online trainings and the, the phone kept ringing. And so as, as that started to happen, I'm realizing that I'm, the question I keep getting asked the most is, hey, what's gonna happen with real estate, you know, with COVID? What's gonna happen to real estate and the economy? And I'm realizing there's a lot of people that are struggling right now. And there's gonna be even more in the future, especially if you get another wave. Uh, and so I decided, well, I'm gonna spend this time productively. I'm gonna do some more trainings. Now I can do it online. It's like super easy because I don't have to go, you know, go rent out seminar rooms and, uh, you know, I don't mind hopping on flights, but I don't have to. I can do it from my, from my, well, in this case, hotel room or living room. And so I've been actually creating some trainings uh, to teach other people how to get started in real estate. And uh, it's been, it's been fun. Normally I don't work this hard, but I'm actually enjoying getting kind of out of the semi-retirement. And I know I'm not going to want to do this forever, but for this year, I'm really enjoying it. I just know, like I said, so many people in trouble and I just want to help as many as I can, because if they, if they knew what I've learned over the last 31 years, they wouldn't be in trouble because there's, there's so many, there's so much opportunity coming down the pipeline and so many people right now are depressed and they're stressed and they're in transition. And I'm very optimistic as to, you know, what's coming down the pipeline. And uh, whenever there's people in trouble, there's always an opportunity to be the solution for that person. If you can create a win-win and get paid for it, to me, that's where the magic is. Yeah, I like that. So it's, it's, it's a positive way of, of looking at what could be construed by many as a negative situation. Like there's going to be a group of people that are in trouble. Well, here's a way to make that better for them or help them not lose as much money or whatever it is, right? So the people that can provide that solution, uh, you know, they're going to financially benefit from it. Yeah, absolutely. And what, uh, what yeah. group or, or what, who do you think is going to be in trouble? And what do you think the solution is? Well, I, th I think, uh, you know, very, uh, let, me, let me backtrack. In 2007, during the last <clears throat> recession, 
I, I set up a company called Foreclosure Fixers because there's so many people struggling. And so Foreclosure Fixers, you, you know how you get all those things in the mail saying we buy homes, we buy ugly homes, we pay cash for homes. I went at it from a very different angle. I actually hired some lawyers, learned the foreclosure laws inside and out. And I sent out a, you know, my marketing materials would say, hey, I can help stop the foreclosure. And I would get two different types of people that re would respond to my marketing. Number one, you know, sometimes bad things happen to good people. And, you know, people are getting divorced. They uh, get sick. They lose their job. And people like that, and of course, we're going to see a ton of that during COVID. Nobody chose to lose their job, have their business shut down because of COVID. And so there's going to be a lot of people that fall into that category. And for people like that, uh, in a lot of cases, you know, they lost their job. They got behind on, they got in arrears on their mortgage. And now they're working again. They got another job. And now they can afford the payments, but they just can't get cut up in all those arrears. And so I would basically be, I'd put on my lender hat, which is another thing that I, that I used to do a lot of, and I would, uh, you know, give them some money to bail them out of the foreclosure. And then they'd pay me back in installments. And of course I do things to protect myself in case they didn't pay, but they always did. Cause I was very careful who I loaned money to. And I helped say, you know, save a lot of people and uh, allow them to stay in their home. Now there's a second group of people though, that also called off my uh, marketing and those people, I would say, uh, live beyond their means and like one missed paycheck and they're, they're screwed because they, you know, I, when I used to do my own uh, property management back in the days, I used to always be upset because my tenants would have nicer TV than me, better stereo, sometimes a better car than me. I had a better book collection than them, but they, everything else that they had, they had all the material stuff. And those people are usually a ticking time bomb and something like this is going to you know, put them in a really bad spot. And if you loan those people money, that money's gone. You're never going to see it again. And so for those people, I would, I would do what I, I call give, giving them a soft landing. And what I mean by that, there were times where I go into people's homes and I could have got like a home run. Like I could have just totally, uh, they were just so down in the dumps. I could have written any offer they would have taken it. But instead what I did is I would always make sure that they had, you know, a damage deposit, several months rent, some money for food. And I put them into property that they could afford. Uh, I, you know, I'd either in a rental, one of my rentals sometimes, or if I didn't have one that suited them, I'd get my property manager to help find the place for them. Or sometimes I put them in a rent-to-own and help them get back on their feet, but into something that they can afford. And so the, the, the really cool thing that, that I found from doing this is that, you know, if you help one person who just lost their job, they, they, they know 10 other people that just that work with them that also lost their job. And so instead of getting the home run, instead of getting, a, you know, maybe, maybe to second base or third base instead of that home run, they would send me all their friends. And all of a sudden I have, you know, nine or 10 different uh, properties where I could do the same thing with. And uh, so, you know, when, when I heard that the global economy was shutting down, I'm thinking, okay, well, I've got to set up foreclosure fixers again and help, you know, help as many families as I can. But then when I started to get on, on all these podcasts and all these interviews, I thought, well, what if I teach a whole bunch of other people how to do what I do? And by the way, you know, some of the stuff doesn't require any money, some of it very little money. So I know for some of you who are listening, I think, well, I'd love to, but I just don't have the cash. Uh, when I when I started, when I bought my first properties, by the way, I was negative twenty five thousand in debt and student loans, which today doesn't sound like a lot, but in nineteen eighty nine, that was a lot of money. Uh, so uh, so I thought, you know, this year I'm going to take my time to teach as many people as possible, show them how they can uh, ethically invest in real estate, and that's really my goal for this year is to create a movement of ethical real estate investors, and I especially like teaching realtors, because they're already on the front lines dealing with this pe with these people. But if they had a few more tools in their tool belt, they could help them uh, in a bigger way and they can make more money themselves by doing it. And so, so that's kind of what I see coming down the pipeline and, and the people that are, uh, you know, they're taking this 
downtime, uh, you know, the, the one good thing about COVID, if, if there is a good thing, is that it's created more bandwidth for a lot of us, a lot more time. And we're not doing the same running around we used to do. And so if people that are taking this time to educate themselves, learn some new strategies, I think they're going to benefit tremendously and be able to help a lot of people. And uh, so don't be like I was when I first got back and just sleep in and watch Netflix all day. Hey, hold that thought for a minute. Do you have a client that needs to buy or sell a home in the DMV area? Then why not trust the highest selling team in the DMV, the Carrie Scholl team? We've helped thousands of buyers and sellers and would love to help your clients. And we guarantee we will save them time, money, and stress throughout the process. And they will be so grateful that you referred them to us. Go to carryshoal.com to learn more. Again, that's carryshoal.com to learn more about sending us your clients that need to buy or sell a home in the DMV area. That's carryshoal.com. I think if, if anything, COVID, like you said, has given people more time because, you know, there's more meetings like this that are on Zoom. Yeah, there's more, like more things being done virtually. Right. So you're, you're not meeting as many people for coffee, perhaps, or, you know, meeting the, the buyers for the first time meeting, right? Maybe, maybe you still go to show the houses, but you, you cut out a meeting on the front end and back end and, and all of that adds up. Like, and, and for some people, maybe two hours a day, maybe, maybe some more. And, and, you know, are you using that time to learn new skills? Like, yeah, how to, help, how to help people in the foreclosure market, for example. Absolutely. Yeah. The other cool thing right now is that, especially investors, I know realtors usually have to go look at the property. Uh, a lot of investors don't even have to look at the property. We can we can look at the numbers. We can you know have them go around with uh, you know FaceTime and show show the property, and and we'll send our inspectors in there perhaps, but it's not going to be us necessarily going. And so that allows you the freedom. And this is one thing most realtors can't do. You could you could do. It deal anywhere in the country if there's a smoking deal if you live in LA and there's a smoking deal in Atlanta you can do a deal remotely if you have the right people on your team and that's some of the stuff that I you know that I've uh, that I teach other people is, well how do you go get that team and how do you do this so you're just maximizing your time and a lot of this can be done over the, the computer and I haven't I haven't actually physically looked at a property in a long long time so so are your are your rental properties I think I know the answer to this but are they spread out multiple geographic areas they are I've got I've got yeah. uh, you know I've, I've bought properties in probably seven or eight different markets over the years and uh, they're all spread out because I don't manage them I can do that if I was physically managing them myself like I used to then you're pretty much confined to one area and so I think the biggest thing that stops people from scaling is themselves because they they don't you know they think they want to do it all we're, we're a lot of us uh, we're solopreneurs we try to do everything on our own and that will really get in the way of that'll be the bottleneck in you know building up that big portfolio that gives you that freedom and so uh, so that's one of the things I I just recommend you know to me being your own property manager. Uh, it's kind of like buying a McDonald's franchise and saying, oh, you know what? I think I'll go flip burgers all day long. If you want to flip burgers all day long, get the job at McDonald's. Don't buy the McDonald's. If you want to be a property manager, be a property manager for other people, but don't, your, your job be go, should be as an investor to be finding the good deals. That's where the money is. Taking your time to go chase after people for rent checks uh, is one of the worst uh, jobs in the industry by far. I, I agree with you on that front for sure. You need, you need leverage and, and, and you can't scale if you're the one doing all the little the little things. So you, you have to right. let go of it and have other people. Are you 
teaching people how to do, you know, you mentioned you don't, that you were negative 25 K when you started, how did, how did you come up with the the equity to, to start making purchases and, and how are, you know, how are you, what are you teaching your students now? Yeah, well, back in those days, I didn't really have that many strategies. Um, so what I did to get my first couple of properties, you know, my, my mortgage broker said, okay, we well, need X amount. I need a 5% to buy my, you know, my property to live in, for example. And I didn't have 5%. And so he goes, well, you have good credit. So you can get a line of credit. And then the bank wants to see that in your savings account for 90 days. And as long as it sits in your savings account for 90 days, that's considered coming from your own resources. And so I did that. I got a line of credit, put that money in my uh, bank account, let it season for 90 days, and then pulled it out as, as my uh, down payment. So that's how, that's how I did it back then. These days, I know, I mean, there's so many other strategies. Uh, you know, there's, there's things such as wholesaling, where you're not actually buying the property, but you're putting it under contract, and uh, you're finding another buyer to actually assign that contract to. There's ways to take over existing mortgages called subject to. There's a million and one ways and also using other people's resources. So I, I told you earlier about my student who bought that uh, property for 7,200 bucks that was worth 90 or 100K at the, at the tax deed auction. Well, that wasn't even his own $7,200. He took my training and I basically taught him, okay, well, now start networking, go, go to you know, real estate investment clubs, go to meetups and go to different places where other investors are hanging out. The first thing anybody asks you when you go to any kind of meeting where they don't know you is, hey, well, what do you do? And so he said, hey, well, I specialize in Texas tax deeds. And people go, what the heck is that? Most investors have no clue what that even means. So, so he basically told them, hey, you know, exactly what I told you earlier. Uh, when people don't pay their property taxes, eventually they, these homes go up for auction. And so the next question they ask is, well, how many have you done? And, and you don't want to ever lie. You don't want to say you've done a bunch of deals when you haven't. Right. Uh, things that I do is I give my students access to my team. I have a team on the ground that actually goes to the auction for my students. They drive around the properties. They pull title. They do everything to make sure that it's a safe investment. So you can legitimately say, hey, my teams have done hundreds of deals. And here's some case studies of some of the deals that they've done. And now you're not lying because the exact same team that did these deals for other people are doing it for, for my students. So you're not lying. And of course, you know, if somebody says, you know, if you, if you go to somebody and say, hey, well, you know, here's one we did 7,200. Here's one that went for 9,000. Here's one that went for 11,000. We're not asking for this huge sum of money. If you go and say, hey, I need a million bucks, that's a pretty big uh, investment. And it's pretty hard for somebody to say yes to you when they, you don't, you know, they haven't done any deals with you. But you say, hey, you know what? If you have like 15 or 20,000, I can get you in on a deal. We'll do a joint venture together. Well, needless to say, after he, you know, bought that property with that much equity in it, uh, you know, after, after you do one or two of those, you don't really need money partners anymore. And so, so I've learned a whole bunch of different ways, but there's a whole bunch of strategies that don't even require uh, money. They require very, very little, but most people don't know about them. They don't, uh, they either don't know, they've never even heard of them or they just don't know how to implement them. And there's something, for example, called overages. And it's also known as surplus uh, funds. A lot of people don't know about this. Uh, at these auctions, let's say the opening bid is $5,000 and the property sells for 50,000. Well, that first 5,000, that belongs to the county. That's, that's a back taxes. That's, five, that, that's older than fair and square. The additional 45,000 is actually owned to the previous homeowner. And these homeowners have no clue. 99% of the time, they have no clue this money is owed to them. So imagine you just lost your home because you don't have the $5,000 to bail it out. And somebody approaches you and says, hey, listen, I know somebody, owes, I know somebody who owes you 45,000 bucks. If you're willing to split it with me, and that's up to you how you divide it, you can take 20%, 30, 40, whatever it is. Uh, I'm going to get you that money and you only pay me if I'm successful. If I don't get you this money, 
costs you nothing. So there's zero risk to you. Well, who's going to say no to that? But the cool thing about that strategy is, uh, you know, you, you might need a tiny little bit. In some places, you have to actually pay for the list, maybe 50 or 100 bucks. Sometimes you might need to hire a skip tracer, which is basically somebody who, who tracks people down to find these homeowners because they've obviously not, they're not in the same home they used to be in because they've been kicked out. Uh, but other than that, there's very little expense. So for people to think, oh, I can't get started in real estate because I've got no money. Uh, money is the least of your problems. And, and that problem will go away very, very quickly if you take action. If you learn a strategy, you implement it, take action. Maybe you're going to use somebody else's money and, and do a joint venture with them. Maybe you're going to do a strategy that requires no cash. Whatever it is, after you've done a few of these deals, your, your finances are going to change. And so, but being a realtor, you have that extra advantage because you're already going in and going to listing appointments. You're already meeting people. And some of these people are going to need your help and putting them on the MLS is like I said, one way to help them, but there's a whole bunch of other ways that will help them even more and make you more money than you would have made putting it on the MLS. So these are the things that you want to learn. And once you, once you know this stuff, like I said, that's why I'm so optimistic because uh, there's going to be so many people in trouble that I can help. And Every time I get a paycheck, I don't feel like, oh, I'm taking advantage of somebody while they're down. I feel like, hey, the bigger my bank account is, the more people I got to help. And uh, there's there's actually one, one of my uh, clients a long time ago for my foreclosure fixers business. Uh, she got my, she, she called me probably two years after I, I helped her. I, I basically helped her get out of her property. Put, I put her into something. I helped her get back on her feet. And then eventually she came back and bought another property through me. And she, she told me, I never told you this, Mike, but when I got that flyer of yours that day, I was actually thinking of killing myself. Oh, jeez. So yeah. When you help people financially, you don't even know how many other problems you're fixing in their life. They have financial problems. They're probably having relationship problems. They're probably stressed. They're having health issues. You don't even know how many ways you're helping somebody. And so, uh, so that's why I'm very, very optimistic. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to need our help. And I want to get as many people, like I said, on the front lines, uh, helping these people and uh, creating win-wins and making, making, you know, helping these people, giving them a hand up, putting them in a better spot and then getting paid for it. I don't think anything could beat that. Yeah. I, 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 I love that, especially that story. I mean, it's, it just, it was very, it was very sad. And when, when she told me that it was, it really made me sad, but then I started thinking about how many other people have, you know, have we helped that never told me that story that they may have been in the same boat. You just don't know how many people you're helping and how many people did you save from divorce because you helped their finances? How many people, you know, did you help them from depression? So there's a, there's a whole, it's a whole lot more than just money. And that's why it really lights me up. I've been doing this for 31 years and I'm still excited every day to do what I do. I feel very blessed that I get to do this. And if you, if you find the right deal, I've always said, and it, it doesn't matter if it's a fifty thousand dollar deal or a fifty million dollar deal. If it's a good deal, you'll you'll find the money or the way to partner or well, it's, it's, you know. it's, it's really super easy. If you find the deal, it's like you just got to phone Dan or Mike, and you know if, if you found a, a property that was way under market value and you called one of us and said, "Hey, do you want to partner with me?" and if you, you put up the cash, I'll help do the work because I'm a, I'm on boots on the ground. Neither of us are ever going to say no to you. So you've already got, you've already got people that are willing to do deals with you, but you need to learn how to find the deals. You need how to find out the, the best strategies, uh, not just to locate them, but you know, how are you going to take that property and turn that into a paycheck? And when you have that figured out, then it's very easy to get partners that want to get on board because who doesn't want to make money? So it's super easy. With that in mind, what's, what's your outlook, uh, you know, heading into, and just so everyone knows, we're recording this the day before 
the 2020 election. So we don't know what's going to happen there, but um, yeah, this yeah, is going to well, come out a few weeks here, here. after the fact. But what's your what's your like economic or, or housing outlook? You know, in the next year, and what kind of deals are you going to be focused on finding? Well, well, first of all, like I said, I've been doing this a long, long time, and. At no point in my career did I say, oh, well, this person got into power. I guess next four years, I'm just going to go have to find a job. So, you know, to me, if you're relying on these people uh, to lead you and put you in a better financial position, you're in really big trouble. So you need to be the leader in your own family. You need to lead on, on the finances. You need to you need to take control of your own household, number one. Number two, it, does, it doesn't really matter who gets in, uh, to be honest. Uh, I mean, there will, will be some, obviously, some, some differences, you know, slightly one way or another. But the bigger thing is we're in the middle of COVID right now. And it doesn't really matter who gets in unless they have a cure for COVID and can reimburse all the money that was lost, all these businesses and all the people are out of work. We are heading into a time where a lot of people are going to be in a transition, unfortunately, uh, most of them in, in a negative way. And we're, we're heading to this really big transfer of wealth, no matter who gets into power. And when I say transfer of wealth, the key word there is really transfer. That money is not disappearing. It's being transferred. So if you take those snow globes that you shake up, there's those little things that they're supposed to be snowflakes. They, they start at the top and they sink to the bottom. And so people, we're going to see a big transfer of wealth from, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing like, you know, JCPenney bankrupt. We're seeing so many different bankruptcies. We're seeing a lot of companies that have been successful for like a hundred and something years. Hurts. <laughs> Hurts. I mean, so yeah. many, so many businesses are, are struggling right now. Hotels. I mean, you name it. Re Detail. Everything is shifting. And so that money isn't disappearing into thin air, though. It's transferring. And so if you're one of those people that's always said, oh, man, I'm, you know, if you're one of those underdogs that has been waiting for your chance to, you know, move up the ladder, this is going to be your chance. That, that money is going somewhere and it might as well go to you. And, you know, where I've made the most money in, in my entire career has been whenever there's been the most chaos. 2007 made a lot of money. 9-11 uh, made a lot of money. So whenever there's really bad things in the market, and people are, are going through transition. I don't like the term real estate investor. I actually like the term problem solver because that's what we are. And so the more problems we can solve, the more we can earn and the more people we can help. And so that's what I see and it's, 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 I don't care who gets in. I'm actually Canadian, so I can't even vote. <laughs> I'm kind of glad to be Canadian right now. No offense, to, I love your country, but those are the two best people you can pick. Anyway, I'm not gonna get political, but in any case, <laughs> no matter who gets in, there will be tons of opportunity created by COVID. And even if there wasn't COVID, to be honest, like I said, there's never been a time in my career where I said, oh, well, next four years, I can't make any money because this person's in power. So don't even turn on the news. Don't pay attention to it. Get educated, do your thing, and don't let any of this hinder you because it'd be very easy to let the next four years slip by and you become very depressed and sad and, and not taking any action when in fact, this is the best time to be taking action. Yeah, I think that's a great piece of advice. And uh, I've I've enjoyed our time. It's time for the hyper fast round. If you are ready for some rapid fire oh, questions and answers. Absolutely. All right. What's your biggest piece of advice to a new real estate investor? Yeah, big, biggest piece of advice is don't get caught up in all the things that you don't think you can do. Don't let money stop you. Just get started, learn, learn the proper strategies, take action. And the money will follow because I know that's the biggest thing people say is I don't have money. So the money will follow if you find the deals. What's the number one mistake you see investors make? Uh, doing too much work, 
being involved, like trying to do a whole deal from start to finish. Like you buy a home and then you're swinging the hammer and then you're trying to, you know, don't do that. Get the right people on your team. Focus on being a really smart investor, finding deals, finding money, uh, and the rest of it, let other people deal with. Love that. What uh, is the biggest challenge you've had in your real estate and investing career and how did you overcome it? Biggest challenge was all up here in my mind. Because when I first started, I didn't really see myself as a real estate investor, first of all. And, and I got into the business totally by mistake. And it was an amazingly awesome mistake. But I got in by mistake. And so when I had that first success, my ego got the best of me. And I thought, oh, I know that everything there is to know about real estate. So I quit my job immediately, not realizing, oh, I'm not going to get mortgages anymore now that I don't have that. And so, so I think the biggest thing is is don't be a know-it-all like I was be a learn it all keep learning keep and even to this day I'm always learning if, if there wasn't COVID I'm always in seminars you'll see me in seminar rooms not just learning real estate but you know marketing and speaking and and you know anything I any any way that I can further uh, work on myself and personal development I do it all right what uh what would we find you doing when you're not investing in real estate or, or teaching people how to do it exactly what i'm doing right now hanging out <laughs> on a beach and getting some sunshine and uh tra travel is my biggest thing and i've been i've been to around 75 countries so far covid slowing me down a little bit this year but at least i'm going to be somewhere uh tropical to spend the winter so yeah definitely definitely travel in the ocean all right and last question where do you see yourself in five years in five years i think i'm going to be uh, I have two grandkids. One of them is two, one is four. And if uh, COVID and everything else cooperates, uh, my goal is to fill up my grandkids' passports and show them the world and, and give them, spoil them in a really good way. Uh, showing them that, hey, there's there's all these different cultures and all these different people on this planet. And we all want the same things. We just do things a little differently. I really want to expand their minds. That's my biggest goal. All right. And uh, before we sign off, I know you've you've got course or a, a special that that you were going to do for uh the listeners today is that correct absolutely yeah so i'm i'm actually well, i'll do two things one I'll, I'll give them a free ebook talking about the top strategies so if you go to uh, mikeswealthmastery.com you can get the uh ebook absolutely free and then i'm doing an event i'll be doing a few of them throughout the year because like i said i want to get as many people uh trained as i can this year before when things get back to normal, I'm traveling full time again. So I'm offering a, uh, I have an event and it's $97 to attend uh, for three days. The first time I did it, by the way, it was $1,000 and we got a really good response. But I had people, you know, saying, oh, I'd, I'd love to do it, but I just lost my job. Like $1,000 to me right now is a lot of money. And so I decided, well, my goal is just to, to get as many people trained as possible. And I find if you give it away for free, people don't show up. And they don't apply it and they'll put value on it. So I'm charging a whopping $97 for three days. And a matter of fact, for your for your following, I'll even uh, give them the 47, I'll give them a $47 rate. So I'll even knock it down even further. And it's three days of just nonstop. There's no fluff. It's all, you know, here's how you do a wholesale deal. Here's how you do a subject to deal. I'm just going to be going, here's how you do pre-foreclosure. And I'm going to be teaching, uh, you know, all, all my best stuff, all the stuff that works right now, you do from your own home. If you're, if you're a realtor, you've got an advantage because you're already, you know, meeting people. So while you're there, why not have some more tools to give them? So uh, th three days of, of uh, content and I'd love to have as many people there from, from your group as possible. Okay. And what, what was the site for that? Yeah. So if they go to 
mikeswealthmastery.com. And then they put backslash coaching. That'll take you. Actually, when you get the ebook, after that, there's going to be a video that talks about the event. And so if you just get the ebook, uh, it'll there's a video and it'll show you how to tell you how to sign up. Well, actually, that's going to charge you 97. So let me see here. Uh, I tell you what, send me an email, info at Mike wolfmastery.com wolf just like the animal info at mikewolfmastery.com saying you saw me on dan's show and uh, you want to get the 47 dollar rate and i'll give you a coupon code so it knocks it down to 47 bucks for you all right well uh we appreciate that offer i know our, our listeners will as well and you know if you're a realtor out there real estate agent that's thinking about getting into investment you know don't don't just do it the trial by by error method like yes that can work but why not learn some shortcuts by, by following someone that's been doing this for almost three decades now, or over three decades. Over three now. decades, yeah. I may yeah. be really old, but I have. <laughs> so so check out what Mike has to offer. And uh, if people want to connect with you just on, on social media, Mike, what 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 yeah, best, what's the best I way have, for that? A, yeah, I've got a YouTube channel. If you Google YouTube and Mike Wolf Master, you'll find me there. I've got like probably 200 videos on there. They're all free, of course. Um, I'm on uh, Facebook under Mike Wolf Master. I got my business page there. Um, and if you can't find me somehow, which I doubt because I'm, I'm, you know, my team's done a good job plastering me all over the internet, uh, just email me info at mikewolfmastery.com. And if you have any questions or uh, whatnot, feel free to reach out. I love, uh, you may have noticed, I, I still love talking real estate. You can't, once you get me started, I can't shut up. So I'm happy to talk real estate with anybody who wants to talk it. All right. Well, thank you for being on the show, Mike. And for all of our listeners and viewers out there, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyper Fat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyper Fat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests, improve our shows, and give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.